Hello and welcome to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we brought you some video game related episodes and celebrated our 20th podcast. We also conducted our weekly Twitter poll, as usual, asking which of Carl's video games you would play in real life. We were very thrilled to see that Ninja Llamas in Space won the poll with 55% of the vote, where uh, Llama Palooza wasn't too far behind with 35%. Llamas vs. Mega Dingo, I don't even know what it is, uh, <laughs> took last with the remaining 10%. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with that. I think definitely Ninja Llamas in Space. Can can any game sound more enticing than that? Probably no, not in the history of like forever. Yeah, just out of curiosity, I I want to play it. You know, I want to know what the what's going on there. <laughs> I'm sure only wonderful things, Casey. <laughs> All right, this week we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Hey Arnold's first episode. It was released October 7th, 1996 which was exactly 20 years ago on the date that this episode will be released. Should be a good one. Uh, as we repeatedly say, Hey Arnold is one of our favorite Nicktoons. Um, probably our favorite favorite. Does Avatar The Last Airbender count? Kind of. It's up for debate. But we are so excited to show you why we love this show, Hey Arnold, yet again. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Hollywood, and it's from Season 3, Episode 5A. And in this one, Stinky becomes the new Yahoo Soda poster child, but gives it up when it's revealed that he was hired as a joke. Yeah, this one's one of the, I want to say one of the few insights we really see into Stinky's life and kind of his personality, and um, we, we open up on everyone's freaking out, all the kids are getting really excited about how they're going to pick the new Yahoo spokesperson and they want it to be a kid. And they're all, they're all bragging about the various reasons. You know, Ron is like, with my sense of fashion and style, I'm definitely going to be the spokesperson. And they're, they're just all going around and Stinky's just kind of sitting by himself and he, he doesn't really see any reason to even go. He's like, I'm not special. I just, I ain't one of you city folk and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, Stinky. Yeah, he's, I feel bad. It's a, it, like, he's so quiet, you don't really notice, but his self-esteem is so low. He sees himself as just this bland, you know, know-nothing hick. Uh, I do want to, while they're getting excited about who's going to be the new Yahoo Soda poster child, Harold says, maybe it'll be me, and Helga says, like, they're really going to pick a lard boy like you. And I just thought this was, even for Helga, way out of line. <laughs> That might even be the, the hashtag racked of uh It's almost too uh, mean to me. Like it's not particularly clever. Lard boy. <laughs> it's just it's just, I'm pretty sure he even says like a don't call me lard boy. Just <laughs> rough. Oh man. Uh, and we also have this sort of I'll call it a side plot, but it's really not a plot at all that Stinky's playing with one of those one of those things that's kind of shaped like an ice cream cone, and there's a cup, and then there's a ball that's like attached by a by a string, 
and you're like trying to like move the the cup to get the ball into it. Right. Like that's all that's happening. And he always, he says like, I sure wish I could get this dang ball in this year cup. And it's just it's just like. He's the sweetest thing, honestly. Yeah, I just think he's great. I couldn't deal with him being the focus of an episode any more than, like, this one, you know? Yeah. But he's great. He also has one where he makes a giant pumpkin. But... Yeah, yeah, but, like, in the greater no. work, it makes sense he'd have a couple, but I, I'm, I'm glad he's featured the amount that he is. I think it's just saturated enough. I agree with that. I think... I think there's a little more to him, you know, that I'm glad that we get to see, and I'm glad that we get to kind of, you know, feel for him a little bit more, feel some sympathy that... Yeah, because he could seem like a superficial stereotype. He's the country boy in the city, you know, and that makes him different to all the kids who have presumably grown up in the city. But, so we go to these Yahoo soda auditions and we see kind of a fun roulette of all of the kids well almost all of them are kids auditioning (laughs) auditioning for this yahoo soda guy and you you see oscar dressed up like a kid and he's just going like i'm telling you it's the best soda okay Like rambling it off. But for the record, too, that the, the line that like all the kids are saying that's like the line, the Yahoo soda line is Yahoo soda, just drink it. That's that's the big, the big thing. And he's just, oh. Yeah, he's like monologuing, and they're like, "How are you? You're not a kid. How old are you?" He goes, "No, I'm 7. <laughs> it's great. He's got like that generic like little kid outfit. I'm pretty sure with like one of those giant lotley pops and all that yeah, jazz. Yeah. It's just like. Oscar, what are you doing? It's such an Oscar thing to have happened. We've, we've got to have an Oscar episode someday. It's coming. Batman. It's coming. He's so, so much. <laughs> so then yeah. they pick they pick Stinky, and it's not entirely clear why, but they, they snap him up for this commercial, and uh, he starts living yeah, the good life pretty much immediately. We see, we see the producer. He's, like, immediately excited. He's like, right. this is it. You're going to be famous. This is amazing. This is perfect. And, and yeah, he's finally feeling special. And I do say, I want to say I'm glad that even when he's got all of his money and his, you know, excitement going on, he still does his best to, you know, stick around with his friends. I know, like, he's still busy. But you could definitely, I was worried that it was going to go in the route of one of those episodes where, you know, they get famous, and then they blow off all their friends, and then, like, kind of like Monkey Man-esque is right. what I was worried for. That's what I was expecting, and it doesn't really happen. He stays pretty humble and grounded, but, like, he ends up going on talk shows, and we have to talk about this talk show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, he's, like, interviewing a woman, and, right? Uh, I, think, I think they're co-hosts. They're their co-hosts, and we're, we only hear the end of the conversation, but he's just saying, enough with the kids already! We get it! <laughs> I feel that enough with the kids so much. Yeah. Like, it's like it, pretty much half of adults' Facebook. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, it's like any like late 20-something who has kids, it's all they post about. And like I probably would too. It's not to blame. It's just so funny that that's kind of what the... It makes sense that that's what the world has kind of become now with technology. Yeah. 
But you just, you get this feeling that there's a rise and fall to the episode of like, oh boy, Stinky's gonna come down hard. This is somehow gonna get back to normal, and it's not gonna be pretty. And so Arnold and Stinky are walking around backstage, and Stinky is, you know, not getting cocky, but you can tell he's, you know, getting more confident. He's like, I guess I'm, you know, one of the special people. And then they hear from, like, behind a curtain, the producer saying... He's so bad at lead it, reading his lines that it's funny. And the whole deal was to find the dopiest, stupidest oh. kid. And we couldn't have done better. We struck gold. And it's uh, it's heart crushing, really. And in case there's any doubt, it's like, oh, maybe he's talking about someone else. And then he goes, and I mean, even his name, it's stinky. <laughs> yeah. It's we just see like stinky's face just. Paul, he's just... And he just says, I guess I'm not special anyway, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, He says, yeah, so I'm a big joke. Yeah, Yeah, you just, you feel for him, because again, this is the first time he's ever felt special in his life, only to find out that the only reason that it happened is because he's specifically not to them. And and we have this moment that Stinky makes a pretty crazy choice. So they... So we're sitting around the table in his house and the producers are like trying to get him to sign this contract for a million dollar contract or like a million dollars worth of ads and you know such and Stinky stands his ground and he says no sir I ain't doing it and you know he really does hold this pride he decides that he doesn't want to be laughed at he doesn't want to be treated like this joke and he's not going to do it even for a million dollars. Yeah, he turns down the money, which is nuts. I think I would do a whole song and dance, you know, being made fun of for <laughs> millions of dollars. But And then, so we have this kind of C-plot, maybe, of Sid sort of writing Stinky off and then taking credit for it and then writing him off again <laughs> after yes. he comes down to Earth, which is kind of a bummer, but kids will be kids. Yeah, I mean... You know, you know, they're they're all kind of along for the ride, too. You know, first they're excited. They're like, oh, my God, I know Stinky's that famous kid. And then he drops back down again. But, you know, it's, there's this, this good moment where we see, I think it's the next day, and Arnold and Stinky are just kind of talking in the park. And Arnold says something like, you know, Stinky, like, I'm sure someday you'll find something to be special at. And Stinky says, no, I already am special. I turned down a million-dollar contract. Lots of people got prize, but I've got a million dollars worth of it. Uh, and I I just thought that was so good of him to recognize that about himself. Because genuinely, turning down a million dollars because of, you know, your personal pride is huge. Like, like Casey said, I think a lot of us would be willing to, to cave a little bit, especially at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shows a lot of maturity. And then in a classic Hey Arnold sense, we get this, like, really delicate, lovely metaphor where he finally gets the ball in the cup after this conversation with Arnold as this sort of, you know, light bulb. Like, he got it, you know? Yeah, and it's so so simple, yet it's it's so satisfying. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really satisfying ending. Totally. Yeah, this was a great episode with a great concept and through line. It was just an, a good, clean, simple Hey Arnold episode with not a lot of plot besides the stinky arc, which was more than enough for this episode, and I, I loved it. Yeah, I did too, and like you said, it's simple, it's 
easy to follow, but it does give us that that kind of insight into his life that you don't you don't get otherwise. And one of the things that I really love about Hey Arnold, and we'll we'll see more of that in the upcoming episodes. Yeah, so coming up, we have another Hey Arnold episode, this one focusing on Harold. Our second episode is called Harold the Butcher, and it's from Season 3, Episode 1B. As punishment for shoplifting a ham, Harold is forced to work for Mr. Green at his butcher shop for a week. Later, after his work shift is over, he soon learns that he actually likes his new after-school job and doesn't want to stop working there, much to the dismay of Mr. Green, at least at first. And this one, this one has a, a pretty fun arc going on, and, and again, and just all the episodes we're going to be talking about are kind of focusing on those minor characters, but we sort of just get bits and pieces up here or there, but we start out with Harold is talking about what he wants to do when he grows up. And he says, I don't want to be nothing. I just want to eat. It's just so him of a line to start us off with. Yep. (laughs) Just a simple, simple life. (laughs) Kind of similar to Stinky in that way. They're both kind of seen as these dumber characters with simple wants and pleasures, and both are revealed to be a bit more complicated than that in their episodes. And, uh, so, again, he is, at this moment, he is really just hungry. He sees this ham, and we're in Mr. Green's shop. He just kind of jumps in, steals the ham, and, like, throws it under his shirt. And, you know, it doesn't take long for Mr. Green to notice the ham that he's been working on isn't there anymore. And he comes out and starts accusing him, and Harold Harold's lying is just, just horribly bad, as a lot of younger kids are. I think, I think maybe they don't always notice it, but like their their lies are just so yeah. so obvious. He's just goes. like ham, what ham? As it's like falling out from under his shirt. Oh man! So then Harold gets in big trouble, especially because he's Jewish, and Harold is is supposed to keep kosher anyway, and Ham is not kosher. So he goes and talks to his rabbi. We have this like Jewish fiddle music going on in the background, and uh, yeah, they end up working out this punishment where he has to go in and work for Mister Green, and neither are very happy about it at first, to say the least. I just want to quickly throw out, too, that um, I think in my life, this was one of the first times that, like, Jewish culture was brought up to me. Like, I remember I didn't really understand the whole, he was like, we don't eat ham, and I, like, just didn't get it. Right. At this point, I don't know. I was a young kid, but I remember that this was one of the first... Yeah. One of the first times that that kind of concept was introduced to me. That's one of the great things about Hey Arnold, is, is that it's pretty effortlessly multicultural. It's not in this, like, forced 90s way, you know? Um, yeah, no, it, it, like I said, it was, it wasn't like it was like, today we are going to learn about what Jewish people are. This is how kosher works. It's just kind of subtly thrown in there, seamlessly right. a part of the episode, and you don't, you know, you don't feel... Like, it's forced on you, but it did kind of just bring that into my head. And I, I think it's cool. Totally. Like, that in the Rugrats Hanukkah episode, too, kind of does a similar thing. Yeah, absolutely. 
But we, we do have him, like you said, he's ended up having to work in this this meat shop, and neither Mr. Green nor Harold are feeling it. Mr. Green just kind of has him doing, like, you know, boring, basic, like, sweeping the floor kind of work, like, put these boxes away, and honestly, Harold's doing a pretty poor job of it. Very true, but he does start to show an interest in the culinary arts. He starts to ask things like, you can make meat taste better just by hitting it? Or, what's the difference between a rump roast and a butt steak? Asking, you know, the real important questions. <laughs> and, and, like, we do see the curiosity kind of driving out, and as, as that comes in, we do see also more effort. At the beginning, Harold's just kind of throwing things around. He doesn't really care about it. He's dragging me down the floor. And, like, as he kind of sees it more as an art and as a, you know, something that he's interested in, we do see him, he, like, starts getting there earlier. He makes this cute little homemade butcher hat from the newspaper that's in there. <laughs> and and he's just, he's just getting really passionate, and it's really cute. And we do see, however, Mr. Green doesn't really seem especially inspired by this at any point he answers Harold's questions and he like kind of tolerates him but he's not warming up much right away at least yeah no he's pretty hard on Harold until the big day comes it's uh I forget what the occasion is but basically the meat annual meat sale yeah it's this big sale and it's the the meat shop is packed we have we have Miriam, Helga's mom there, going, ah, Mr. Blue, and he goes, it's green, and everyone is just kind of, you know, vying for his attention. Mr. Green realizes he's swamped in over his head. He has Harold, like so many big career moves and opportunities that happen to people, when you're just there and you show up, that's such a huge part of it. So Harold happens to be there. Mr. Green needs help. He puts him in and sort of promotes him to start helping with the actual meat and with uh helping this sale happen yeah and it's it's great to see and again harold's really just putting out his all his effort and we can see that he knows where everything is exactly and it's and it's great i, I want to quick backtrack just a yes. little bit here that yeah. we do get these kind of moments with uh his parents and they have this really kind of fun interaction where it's kind of like his mom is overly excited about him and his dad's just kind of like you know like like I want to say his mom's like oh he's such a genius he's learning about me he's been in there for three days and then the dad's like yeah and I mean he's not a criminal now so there's that yeah yeah they're great <laughs> fun interactions but another uh, important plot point to note is that when Harold realizes he likes the work he thinks, oh, I want to keep this job, and Mr. Green says, essentially, no, no, I don't want you around, and so Harold steals another ham, and... Or it, he steals a turkey. Or a turkey, yeah, yeah. Uh, another cut, uh, another choice cut, and... Yeah. In a much more obvious fashion, too, right. you know, he, like, waits for Mr. Green to, like, be coming out before he starts, like, grabbing it, and he's like, oh, no... You caught me stealing that turkey red-handed, didn't you? It's actually kind of clever. It is, and also, and it's kind of just sad, too, that, you know, Harold doesn't really know how to express himself well, and he does stuff like that. But, uh, you know, ultimately, 
at the very end, Mr. Green comes up and asks him, this is after the sale, he says, what are you doing Mondays after school? And we have this sort of exciting music change, it gets jazzier with like the saxophone, and we get this sense of of sort of things are going to be okay for them, and, and Harold's going to, you know, develop a new skill. Yeah, that's it's heartwarming, and again, we have these two kind of characters that come off a little bit harsher, Mr. Green, throughout this episode, seeming like he doesn't really want to deal with Harold, and he's just doing his job, and Harold, who we always kind of see as just kind of this big, dumb bully, and we see both of them kind of becoming softer characters and becoming more passionate characters, and I, I think it's it's just a great, heartwarming episode. It really is, yeah. This was another another one that, you know, give, it seems like the theme of today is insight into the sort of secondary characters that aren't looked into as much in Hey Arnold, but we see that they all get their time in the spotlight. They all get to be depth, like characters filled with depth and interesting characters. So it's, it's really great, the attention to detail they put into that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, coming up next, we'll have another insight into a character, this one about Rhonda. Our final episode is Rhonda-themed. It's called Rhonda Goes Broke, and it's from Season 5, Episode 10B. Yeah, and to this one, Rhonda's family goes broke entirely. They lose all of their money, and they end up having to move into Arnold's boarding house. Or I guess their family's boarding house. Yeah, and this episode, frankly, is not very flattering to Rhonda. I think she can fade into the background sometimes, and it's... You know, you might the average viewer might not have an opinion on her, but when you really look at some of the stuff that she does, she's complicated. She's, you know, full of multiplicities like all these characters are, but this episode just really you see kind of her spoiled upbringing. We start with this sort of this sort of like elegant Baroque harpsichord and we're introduced to, you know, Rhonda's sort of bougie life and um, they're in the cafeteria, I believe, and they're all just sort of small talking, and she's talking about all of our, all of her, like, her nice home and all this expensive stuff that her dad buys her, and they're clearly, the other yeah. kids are clearly very uncomfortable. It's super annoying, honestly, and, and I mean, I feel like we've all met one of these kinds of people before, or at least seen them, heard of them, whatever, they, these people that really just need to make everything about how much money they're spending. And and we, we know, too, that a decent number of these are, people are not, not living in, like, the most financially great situation. You know, we, we see that they're all doing okay, but they're not, they're not on the same page as she is. And she's talking about how they're getting ready for this Aspen trip and how her dad buys her the most expensive one right on the spot. I mean, she's talking about the scarf that she has and just goes on and on about it. And it's, it's annoying to say the least. Yeah, definitely to say the least. And Arnold has this great line. Well, we're, we're all not, we're not all made of money like you. Um, so he's yeah, getting and kind of she comes back to you with, I know. Yeah. Ugh, not I a good can't. look. Not a good look can't handle her she's and and i think that it's it's one of those things too that you didn't 
do anything for it. You know, she's, she's a kid. She mm-hmm. didn't like earn her money. It's not like she's been working hard her whole life. She's, she just has it. And she just really just can't imagine a life where that's not a thing. And to her, it's something that, you know, she, she deserves, honestly. And then the big twist or the big uh, impetus moment of this episode, Rhonda goes home and her parents just look distraught and they said, you know, we're broke, we we lost everything. And because I guess a lot of their wealth is contingent upon the stock market. Um, and so... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit vague as to exactly why they're losing all their money, I guess. It doesn't right. really matter, maybe partially because, you know, this is a kids episode and probably anything that would cause that to happen was right is yeah, difficult to explain but yeah everything's taken away they're they're taking out the uh furniture everybody's like why don't you have a seat and then like as she goes to sit down like they just take the chair away <sighs> you know you do you do feel a little bad for it you know totally. no, nobody wants to be in a situation where they are losing everything they own. That's that's rough regardless of your upbringing. It is terrible, but then the her dad kind of reveals their sort of family attitude, and their the parents are crying a little bit, and the mom says, you know, we'll get through this. When we got married, he had to sell one of his yachts, and then he starts sobbing. <laughs> she says, we made it through that crisis, and we'll make it to, through this one. <sighs> Yeah, and they needed to sell the yacht in order to fund their multi-continent honeymoon. You know, it's the real serious issues of today. Ugh. But obviously, they're, they're a bit over the top here, but we we know that these kinds of people do exist, and it's, it's so difficult to see how distorted of a view they have of the world, truly. But... Definitely. We, we, so they we move... have her moving into the boarding house. Arnold's it ends up being the only house. place that's affordable. And it's kind of the first time that, you know, I've always just kind of seen the boarding house as it's a weird, quirky, kind of charming place. But you do kind of get this insight into that it's kind of, it's kind of iffy. There's kind of some iffy things going on there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's clearly a lower budget location. Right. And I, they do ham it up for this episode. Like everything that could go wrong goes wrong in terms of, the boarding house looking like just a terrible place for rich people to live. So they move in, and there's like a rat. Uh, Mr. Wynn is is very sick and using the one phone very loudly. And uh, so Rhonda settles into her room, and Arnold sort of starts mingling with her, because, you know, he lives in the building, and she she is sort of insulting the place and Arnold goes, you know, I live here. And she goes, oh, well, this is fine for an artistic type like you, but I have an image to maintain. She's oh, just seriously, pretty much every word out of her mouth. I was like, Rhonda, could you not? <laughs> and then, and, and, you know, what we do see is not entirely her fault. Her parents are obviously kind of, you know, making this view even stronger, but yikes. Right. Like, yeah, and she, she can't even say the word poor, because she knows Arnold sees right through her. <laughs> he knows what's going on. She's trying to write it off as, well, we just, uh, it's a temporary thing, it's blah, blah, blah. And he says, Rhonda, no one cares if you're poor. And she can't even say the word, you know. She... Yeah, she's like, I'm not poor. I'm, I'm not, and then she just starts crying, and it's just, it's just, oh, lordy. I, just I imagine that this episode would have been really stressful for low-income kids to watch, you know. In 
in a productive way, I think, in a way that really makes you look at, expand your worldview a bit, which not many kids' programs do, so I think it's another great element of Hey Arnold that they take children seriously enough to delve into issues like money and wealth. And I'd, I'd like to hope, too, and this this point just be me hoping too much, that maybe some high-income kid kind of saw it and maybe was like, why is she awful? And maybe... Right, and like looked inward, and is that me? I think some of the best art makes us ask that of ourselves. Like, am I seeing myself on the screen, on this stage, and is there something in my own life that I need to change? Yeah, and, and again, maybe maybe it didn't, but I, I feel like it could at least at least kind of get us into that that mindset. And we do have this... Well, first of all, they're, they're at a family dinner, and her parents are talking, and we, we get this the sort of insight into where this money came from and the dad is like, I don't have a job per se. I, I dabble in international finance. Just, <laughs> you know, you know, they're, they're just made of money is basically what we're, we're and, giving it to. Born into it, always read, had it. They can't they're read just, the room either. They, you know, they're in this, dining room with all these people who live in a crowded boarding house and they're just talking about all these things that they can't relate to. Totally tone yeah. deaf. But we, we do get this sort of brief, for at least a bit of time, this brief kind of better moment. She's she's sitting around just crying every day. Like, literally every day. We just we see Arnold. He's going, he's playing with his kite. He's doing whatever. He's having a grand old time. And she's just laying on her bed, bawling. And he comes in her into her room to like talk to her and just be like Rhonda come on like gotta get out of this and she's like being rich is the one thing I'm really good at and then Arnold says listen to yourself you're pathetic you're you're so much more than this Rhonda you're not just rich you're you have more than that and at the end he has this line he says something about like unless being rich is really all you are or something like that and it it's that yeah. classic Arnold's like like mad disappointment is devastating I would never want to be on the receiving end of that because he'd yeah. he's such he's generally a very good person and that he gets so frustrated when other people can't just you know really think about what the right thing to do is. Rhonda has this line, what's the point of eating when you're poor? After all, I'm only going to die of misery anyway. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that cause for, for a bit of time, Arnold is kind of putting up with it. And he's, you know, she keeps making up these lies and Arnold keeps going along with it. And this is kind of a point where he puts his foot down and he's like, no, like, you can't, you can't bomb like this. This is ridiculous you're being you're just being pathetic and you've you've gotta you know suck it up and i said we, we do kind of see this moment of sort of this this betterness about her she ends up sort of embracing it she makes this dress out of a shower curtain which ends up looking okay in animation form at least and she you know draws cute little swirls on her bag and she makes walking to the bus stop into this power walking instead of just, you know, she, she's like, oh, I'm power walking to school. It's, it's healthier, not because it's, you know, cheaper. And she kind of makes it into this, like, not having money is still stylish kind of thing. And I, I do think, you know, good for her for finding a way to own it. Totally. But that is quickly 
ruined when her parents drive by and they're in a really nice car and she's like, what? How did you get this? And they say, ah, oh, the stocks went back up and we got everything back again. And she immediately goes back to her old self. She's a softened a little bit, but, you know, she immediately makes rude comments toward, uh, she says something about how, like, uh, she tips Arnold and says, thank you for the advice and for blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what is this? She's like, it's a tip. I know, I know how much this can, a little, a little bit can go a long way for people like you or something like that. And it's just totally tone deaf. Yeah. And it's, it's rough to see. I, I almost wish and I think I think part of the reason is that within Hey Arnold they always kind of need to get the characters back to a back to a point where it can like fit in non-linearly right right that, and you that's know, she's, the... she's gotta end up back to normal but it's rough to see how easily she goes back to that and how easily she's like oh I'm rich again of course of course I am I should be and it's you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I was first taken aback by it, and the more I think about it, the more I love that they did this, because people don't always change right away, and some people are more stuck in their ways, and it takes more than a ten-minute episode. So I really don't mind the ending. I think it's kind of subversive. You expect her to be fixed and be a nicer person by the end, and she really isn't, despite Arnold's best efforts, and that's a good lesson for him and for anyone who everyone who watches the show. Yeah, I, definitely. There's there's a lot of people we wish we could change, and I think it's important to recognize we can't always do that. And that, what are you, you getting know, at, Ashley? We'll see that there's some hope, but what? I said, what are you getting at? <laughs> <laughs> Was that coded? <laughs> well, Casey, I what, wouldn't change anything what, about you. What should I change, Ashley? <laughs> Fix me. <laughs> oh, I've got something you could change. You could start doing worse at trivia. Well, <laughs> what a what a what an apropos segue. <laughs> Coming up next, we have our Nick trivia section where uh, we'll just see what happens. All right, now we've got our Nick trivia segment for anybody who's new. Basically. Me and Casey each asked each other a Nick-related trivia question, and we've been keeping track week by week of how many points we have. One point per correct question, and right now we're at a tie. It's a pretty, pretty high-stakes moment. Casey at four and Ashley at four. All right, Ashley, here's my question for you. It is, of course, Hey Arnold-themed. Which of the following characters appear in the most number of episodes in the show? Is it A, Brainy, B, Stinky, C, Harold, or D, Rhonda? So all the three characters plus Brainy. Alright. I'm going to think that it's not Brainy. I feel like he doesn't show up too frequently. I'm trying to think. My immediate thought is Harold just because I know that he was in the pilot and I don't I'm pretty sure the other ones are around too but I'm just gonna go with it I'm gonna go with Harold final answer final answer that is <laughs> incorrect unfortunately I, I, I did not count the pilot uh Brainy was in 53 episodes the correct answer was Stinky with 95 episodes 
Harold was in 93, so it was close. Uh, very close. Uh, okay. And then Rhonda's only it's... in 60. Weird. And she doesn't speak I, I in did... about 20 of them. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the pilot shouldn't be included. I just figured if he was around in that, that he was likely to be around in many of them. Yeah. Dang it, so close. So close. Very close. Alrighty. Mine is related to our favorite person in the world, Craig Bartlett. So Craig, throughout the series, did voices of a lot of sort of minor random characters. Which of the following was not voiced by him? Is it A, Mickey Kaline, B, Brainy, C, Abner the Pig, or D, Nocturnal Ned? Okay, I'm, I'm, I've already narrowed it down to A or D. I'm pretty sure he's the pig and Brainy. So I'm going to say... A. Mickey Kalen? Yeah. Final answer? Yes. That is correct. Correct! Mm. Yeah, he, he was, in fact... And I'm going to tell you, I, I came up with this question, and I was like, I kept looking for other minor characters I could put in, and he kept being them. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was awesome. Like, I was like, oh, I could do the bus driver, and it was like voiced by Craig Bartlett, and I was like, nope. And I was like, oh, maybe that old man that, that uh, you know, drives the boat, and I guess not all of the episodes, but in a couple of them, it was voiced by Craig Bartlett, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, really, Craig? Why you got to be like this? I finally found, I was like... Mickey Kaline, not voiced by him. I'm done. I'm not nice. I was I was torn. I was about 50-50 on that. So, oh yeah, man. I, I figured too. I wanted it to be a similar enough voice that it would be plausible. But is this my first yeah. lead? I think it is because uh, I got the first question wrong. So I think this is my first lead in Nick trivia. I think that's I think that's actually true, which is unfortunate for me, but. It's fair. It's fair. I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, guys. I'll, I'll at least bring the tie back next week for sure. We could count on it. Up next, we'll have our conclusion with fun fact, Twitter poll, and preview for next week. Our fun fact for this week is Hey Arnold themed. The voice actress for Miriam, Helga's mom, is the same as that of Harold's mom, which is pretty immediately recognizable, which I, I thought was fun. She plays a lot of moms on television. Yeah, I also thought it was fun considering how completely different in personality Helga's mom and Harold's mom are. Harold's mom's so proud of everything that he does, so involved, and Helga's mom is obviously very much the opposite of that. So fun to kind of see these kind of plays on these parallels of the moms within the show. And uh, as always, we've got our Twitter poll coming up. You can find that at FNN underscore podcast. Be sure to follow us. We tweet whenever the new episodes come out and everything, and we always have a weekly poll. This time, we, we want to ask you guys kind of a personal question about us. Uh, do we obsess about Hey Arnold too much? And your options are no, or absolutely not. <laughs> so you guys have a lot of choice in this one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, 
to be honest, if you think that we are, you probably need to watch the show more. That's right. just my thinking. But uh, we're, we're interested to see your uh, broad and wonderfully uh, different opinions. <laughs> the next week, we'll have three superhero-related episodes from three of the most popular Nicktoons ever. Which ones? Find out next week. Leaving us on the cliffhanger there. I am, I am. All right. Thanks so much, you guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.